Welcome everyone to another episode of Four Layered Takes. On today's episode, we will be reviewing Lovecraft Country, Season 1, Episode 9, the penultimate episode, Rewind 1921. I'm your girl, Kim. It's me, Mimi. It's your girl, Mel. Uh, It's your boy, Marcus, a.k.a. Kalila Womack. She is the founder of a uh, Black-owned ice cream brewery here in Atlanta. I think it's called Ice Cream Cream Rolls. It's uh, here in Five Points, Atlanta. Uh, Me and Tracy stopped by there this morning. It was delicious. So if you're ever in Atlanta, you should check it out. Yum. Yes. Yeah. Send four layer take some sample. Exactly. I thought it was kind of, I, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to highlight it because I thought it was in our mission. Yeah. <laughs> our and mission. we haven't yes. had dessert in so long. Like, that would be That's great. That's awesome. We, we had. Please, may, please, you know, black people, like, can you please have some non dairy options for some of us? I would appreciate that, that as well. <laughs> guys. I please. would like to, before we get started, um, okay, though, I want to shout out Mimi. Can I shout Mimi out? Yeah. Because Mimi stood in that line yeah. yesterday. And cast nah, her vote. Oh. oh, yeah. And was in that line for oh, yeah. hours. How long did you stand in the line? I stood in that line three hours, and that was the second polling place I went to. The first polling place was longer than that. Wow. Word of, yeah. To all the early well, shout out. voters. Yeah. Who Georgia hit a record with 127,000 yeah. voters yesterday. In the first day. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Texas today that te- uh, Houston and Dallas showed up. Yeah. People are, I mean, the, we're crush, crushing numbers, crushing numbers. Yeah. So, and, yeah. And people will, will speak. Highlighting Georgia again, I think uh, 1.5 million Georgians requested an absentee ballot, and they've already gotten back 400,000 of them. So, close to half a million of the ballots already. That's awesome. And if you did do a, um, an absentee ballot, make sure you check online that, that they received your, uh, your ballot. Just yep. to be on the safe side. Yep. Because in California, yep. what the Republicans uh-huh. were doing, they were uh, they had faulty bo- they had fake boxes, ballot boxes. The Republican Party, they had the GOPs, and so they are doing things to suppress and confuse and you know harm uh, the Democratic vote. So please make sure that you you know if you put your ballots um, in the box, it says it's branded with this is where you drop your uh, your ballot off. Make sure it's at a polling place or a library. You know, don't just put your put your uh, ballot in a, a black box and say with a little bit of sticker on it, because that's what they doing. That's that fuck shit they doing in, in California. Yeah. So it's a mess, guys. Man, it's just a mess. I ain't never seen a group of people who project more than them motherfuckers. <laughs> Y'all, it's, she, what? It's terrible. She, <laughs> shit. Y'all wrote the it's book terrible. on that shit. Yeah. Any anywho, well, guys, I'm I'm gonna go and vote. Uh, next week so i'll be on that second on that second wave because them lines was crazy yeah. like yeah maybe maybe i'll do it later Safe but i'm gonna do it for the first time that's what i'm gonna at, do uh, I'm gonna, the, maybe uh, we should go together just in case the, the line is long. yeah i'm gonna go to yeah yeah i, heard, I like it let's do it we'll get it together yeah i heard the line that was kind of long but it doesn't take more than maybe five to seven minutes because they in, have 250 out. machines yeah they have so many uh uh-huh yeah. yeah they have so many machines it's really great i'm excited i'm excited Get vote his ass the fuck out of here. Yeah, I mean, um, this, I mean that was some people who stood in line yeah. for twelve hours in Georgia to vote. That's, I mean, that's mm-hmm. a, that's disgusting. And like, I mean, we we praise people for yeah. ver- we pray we praise people for persevering persevering to stand in line so long to vote. 
But I mean, that's again, that's that's a form of voter suppression. It should be that hard to exercise your fucking rights. Right. No, not at all. Not when you say you're a democracy, it shouldn't. When you claim it, you're a democracy. So guys, they're not going to have to suppress our vote. And I got my yard signs on Saturday, so I'm ready to go. Hey. The hurricane uh, winds and take them out. So I was really excited. I was like, oh, these are supposed to be here. That, so Warnock, a, Biden, and that's also, a sign from we come, we, I'm, I'm coming to drop my votes off. L- listen, he didn't blow them down the street because I was worried on Saturday night. Like, dang it. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and thank the Democratic Party uh, of Georgia for providing those for free. So I was able to go and just pick those up um, in my neighborhood. So thank you so much for that. All right, guys. So we're back to our very stressful um, episode. And I feel like you guys should also shout me out because I did reply to a lady on Twitter that had something to say. She was one of our pale listeners. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't I wasn't crazy. I didn't say anything mean or nasty. Even though I was watching the uh, the confirmation hearings, I still replied to her very nicely. What did she say? And she was like, so I retweeted. Uh, when we posted and then she she basically was like well did they watch the same thing I watched basically like you know we felt underwhelmed you know by the episode so then I retweeted her and us saying you know we uh we had just come off of you know uh watchmen we had relived the Tulsa massacre a, a number of times uh back to back and we're an all-black cast and so the Tulsa massacre is something that we have had to live with our entire lives I'm from Texas so we've always celebrated Juneteenth we've always celebrated what happened in Tulsa so I said that very nicely and she did not say anything back so I was trying to I was not trying to be argumentative or an angry black woman I was very nice I said what I had to say and then we kept it moving <laughs> Now you well, very you very thanks, calm, you very calmly gathered her together. <laughs> yes, you, I got that. I got my hip a lot. Went on hip a lot of walk in, and she was like, she was like, <laughs> "What's going on? We're deep." You know, she was looking real crazy. I said, "That's that black mama face." That she don't have to say nothing really because we all gonna be real nervous. I had I got that face, and then I got my Twitter <laughs> fingers together, and that's how I did. <laughs> did she respond back to you? So, thank you, pale friends. No, ma'am. I shut it all. I shut it down like this. I shut it down like she shut that portal down. That's my idea. I shut it like that portal. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, we watch the same thing you fucking watch. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, okay, guys. Let's get back to it. Um, so we just finished, uh, like Kim said, our penultimate episode. And I was taught we were kind of the themes in this episode were really the overarching themes of the season um, that we pulled out. Definitely generational trauma. Uh, and the res- I had the resilience of black women, um, but it was it was painful to watch on the second re- on my rewatch to watch Montrose to watch Montrose relive the trauma of his dad beating him, his his friend being murdered, you know, his town and his city and the people he loved being killed and burnt down. Then you're watching his son watch him live through it. And now he's, you know, reliving the trauma in real time. That was the most perfect definition um, or example of generational trauma I had ever seen. Yeah. There were so many layers of so much hurt and so much pain. Um, So, yeah, it was it was this even though we I was over the Tulsa uh, uh, retelling. This was a very powerful episode. 100 percent. Um, I just want to go back and kind of, yes, we were in rewatching the beginning of it. Um, yes, like you said, we were kind of over Tulsa, but I will say this, the, um, 
what was painful about this particular viewing that the Watchmen didn't have, because when, when we start off with the Watchmen, like it starts off in the middle of the Tulsa riots really happening. Um, yeah. It was hard watching this because you see their everyday life building up to what you know is a massacre coming. They're just living their everyday lives. Mm-hmm. They're going to the store. They're talking about a dance and a prom. And you're just kind of like, man, like, it's about to be a complete shit show in a few hours. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was kind of hard. Um, so I kind of appreciated that part of it. If you, if you can appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> and we and we live with them like we where I feel like when Watchmen when when Tulsa happened with that first ep, the first scene of the first episode we had not gotten close to any of the characters mm-hmm. right so they the way that they did this we were we are we were very close to them so you know to see their see everything the way it happened and like you said for us to know what was about to happen I'm yeah. like just it was so like lovely just seeing black people being like living yeah. their lives being dressed in beautiful clothes and just having a great time putting on their corsages yeah. and getting uh, dressed up they were uh, they were the most uninterrupted it was lovely yeah and yeah. and as usual black people being uninterrupted is a fucking problem well yeah, yeah. I guess go, and going adding on to what yeah. Mel said like these characters, like we grown with them over these past seven, eight episodes, and like that's why watching, knowing where Montrose has come from and what he's been throughout his life, watching that scene with him getting beat in the front yard by his father, that was almost as traumatizing to me as it, as the whole entire massacre itself was because uh, just emotion and we felt that. So yeah, and then to watch your son watch that, you know, like to to know that he now not only. Have, has he lived through your generational trauma with you beating him the way your dad beat you? But like now he's watching this happen to you. You know, I would think that would be kind of emasculating as well um, for a man for a man to have to have his, his child see what happened to him in, in real in real life. Answer me so, this, though, because yeah. I was thinking about this after the episode. It's, Did it's Montrose right, really need to go with them to Tulsa? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He had to show them where the houses were, where the where his family them lived. Yeah, and he had to show them where to go safely, and he had to show tell them where to go to the hotel because that's where they would be safe. And then he had to show them where uh, his he he lived and where Dora and them lived, um, because I'm like they wouldn't have necessarily known where to go if they've never. It seems like neither one of them had ever been to Tulsa, and of course everything was burnt down. So it probably if he had taken them, they probably it, the streets wouldn't have been the same. So he had to take them to where uh where they needed to go it was sad poor Montrose um and then I had just the resilience of black women I think that that rewatch you know I was the uh Sunday night irritated when with Letty the scene with Letty is is standing with Hattie and she's being burnt up uh Dora's grandma being burnt up in the house I was like why do we have to watch this this makes me so angry but on the second watch like to be so brave and I know that Letty has the protection spell but to not leave her she was like no matter what happens i'm gonna stand here with you and i even though i know you're gonna die i know you're gonna burn up it's gonna be horrific like for letty to stand there and hold her hand until she passed away in a, in a house full of people that were dying and being burnt up um just another level of uh, black women black women being resilient and amazing so it didn't annoy me the second i felt bad i felt more empathy and symp- or sympathy the second time watching it where i felt more irritated that was it. Did y'all have anything? Any other themes? Nope. No, I mean I will get to it, but the the line that um Tick's great great grandmother uttered about um her what is it? My great great grandson 
he will be, he'll be my face turned to flesh. I just I, I get it's like we always say um I'm my ancestors wildest yeah. dream. It reminded me of that statement. Right. Mm-hmm. 100%. And so I tell people, you know, I, I'm like, yeah, as, as bad as things get, you know, things go crazy. I said, but I, I, I have a praying grandmother, you know, so that that always makes me feel even when things go crazy. I'm like, I, I have I come from praying people, praying women. So I'm going to be OK at the end of the day. And I think that definitely was a brilliant line. So we open up um, where we see D. We know that last episode, uh, the Tipsy, uh, what's it, Topsy and Bopsy? Is that their name? Did I say that wrong? Topsy and Bopsy. Tipsy and Topsy? Topsy and Bopsy. Topsy and Bopsy. They they scratched her. Um, and so now. Sorry, she- I was just like, you you were Tipsy last week, hence not knowing their name. Like Topsy and Bopsy. <laughs> <laughs> Topsy and Bopsy. I was I was tipsy trying to remember Topsy and Bopsy. So they uh, scratched her arm and, and, and infected her. So she's basically dying um, and turning into one of them. Uh, where I, the scene is, it's watching the second time. It was more jarring. Like, oh shit! When you look, when we looked down on her, we saw her being them. And then when her family looked down on her, they just saw D. You know, with her hair uh, natural, like on the pillow. Like, oh no, she's a she's a demon. She's a demon person. Don't touch her. So they did, uh, in this scene, I want to definitely call out Ruby blames everybody else in the room for Thank you. the situation Thank- where again, Thank you. Ruby, Hippolyta left, left her child in your care. Not Letty, not Tick, not Montro. She left her baby with you to take care of. And she was like, it's all y'all fault. I'm like, exactly. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> I said, is everybody's fault but Ruby? Yeah, that wasn't okay. Just, uh, yeah, you did say that. I, I want to get into a, a brief discussion about Ruby later on an episode and why I think she goes with the show. But okay. yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. What, what what she's going to do in the next episode? Okay, just pick it up. We'll, we'll stop. Um, so then they decide they need to call Christina because, of course, you know, Christina going to come through. She know all the spells and all the magic so that she can help D. Um, and so Letty was like, oh, we, you know, they uh, they say, oh, we can bargain Titus's pages. And of course, we know that Letty already gave her Titus's pages to get the protection spell for her and, and the baby. She or that she originally went to get it for Tick. Christina gave it to her. And thank God, because she would have been shot up a long time ago. Um, so she has to now tell Montrose and Titus that she gave up those, those pages to, um, to, uh, Christina. So then Ruby stands up. She's like, don't worry. You know, Christina's going to come because I'm going to tell her to come. I'm going to ask her. She'll do it for me. And lo and behold, Christina does show up. Um, so Christina gets there indeed. We remember she's a very good artist and she had drawn, uh, different scenes about t- uh, Topsy and Bopsy chasing her and what happened with Lancaster. So then Christina was able to figure out exactly what had happened and how she was cursed through her drawing. So she had to tell her own story, you know, so that they can learn how to save her. Um, Christina tells them, uh, you know, uh, you know, Lancaster is going to have to take the spell off. You know, this is his work. This is magic that he's used from um, Titus and uh, what was the other guy's name? Titus and what was his? Hyrule. Hiram. Hiram. No, Hiram was, was Winthrop's a, protege. Oh, that's right. Hiram okay. Epstein. Hiram, but Hiram was, was the one who had done the um, experiment, right? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of magic that he's learned from them um, and that he's going to have to take it off of her, uh, take the spell or take the curse off. And then they say, oh, well, uh, he died. And they were like, oh, she was like, wait, well, how did he die? She's like, well, damn, I didn't know he was dead. And then they were like, oh, and a gas explosion outside my house. 
And I was like, do Christina believe that? Because she was looking at them a little bit side eye. Do y'all think that she believed them when they told her that? Or you think that she has, she knows that they're lying she because she it, But she got to know that they're lying because <laughs> there's no evidence. Of, could you imagine the white people in town talking about this attack that she didn't hear anything? Yeah. Like, that's what I was wondering. Right. That's an, yeah. un, that's an amazingly unanswered question. You yeah. got <laughs> bodies everywhere from this <laughs> Chagra and yeah. nothing this episode. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we think Christina knows. So she was, she was looking at them like, she was like, fish, no, y'all lying. Um, but she tells them that she, you know, she actually can help them. She can do a restoration spell. So she was like, but it's only going to last for a very short amount of time. Um, you know, you need strong magic. Basically, they, you know, they're going to need to figure out something out long term. But she said that I can help you with the restoration spell. We will need Dee's closest relative will need to use that person's body. Um, we know that's how they balance the spells out. Uh, they will need to draw protection uh, symbols on the floor, which she's already taught Tick how to do. And they need to bring down her temperature. So she's already running a fever. She was like, if we do that, then I can perform this spell. We'll bring her back and we can, you know, help her for a little bit. But it's only a rest. This is not a, uh, a whole fix that's going to last. And then she says, and I will do it only if Tick goes with me on the autumnal equinox. And so then everybody looks up and I'm like, oh, shit. I was like, dude, you know what? You've been going this way for the, since the whole the show began. You might well go ahead on and go with the girl at this point. So Tick agrees that he would go with Christina. And we know that she's going to use his body to become immortal. Um, but he does agree to go uh, with her to save Dee's life. So then Christina does um, dispel and then Dee starts to come back and we will see that she uh, comes back to life. She doesn't let her let her pass away. So I think after they kind of say, oh, well, you know, Lancaster's dead. Um, then we see at the lodge, we see Lancaster's kind of in this closet, that closet that that dead man was kind of hanging in. And you saw the, the chalk marks around with the symbols. And we see his chest is a black man's chest. And then you see on this slab on a um, table, it was a, a black body, a black man's body that they had chopped up. So we do confirm that they were using black people to basically replace their, his body parts so that he can live longer. And I was just like, huh, great. I, now we have to go through this. I mean, I, it was a bit much. It's just, doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose of being racist? What you mean? No, because I guess you don't see, you don't see black people as human. Like, how you go? I mean, but you are becoming a black person. No, but you're not becoming a black person. I'm just using your body parts. You are training up people to hate black people. And then when you take off your shirt, you're a black person, <laughs> but, it's, but if you're a racist, it makes it easier for you to look at a black person as a non as an object, a non human, and then cut them up and use them. I mean, I, I get yeah. that. I'm just saying it's really it's a fucked up mentality. Now, that's true. <laughs> I would. I mean, but I, we but we we all we all know being black is more than just skin deep, though. Yes, but like, I'm he just can saying have the skin, but he'll never be a black man. Yes, but that skin deep is all yeah. racist. See, yeah. I mean, so. it, I mean, it's kind of it's I, it's kind of like um when like the slave master would sleep with the slave, or the white woman would sleep with the, the um the black man, and uh say she was raped or whatever. It's kind of similar to that, kind of in my eyes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because we're not seen as human. we're not human, you know, to them. Um, yeah. Uh, so I was like, oh, gosh. And I see that the, the man's body being cut up on the table uh, was was a lot. So William basically 
you know, he kneels, he goes and gets the stone that he had uh, a ruby put in the drawer and he picks it up. I still don't understand the point of the stone. Maybe somebody can explain it. I might, I might just have to tweet uh, Misha Green because she just goes and takes it out of the drawer. Then he goes over to Lancaster, who's kind of sitting in there and he's like, you know, oh yeah, you're about to die, you know. Um, see you later. He was like, you know, uh, I, you know, I perfected the metamorphosis, um, spell. That means that every time I turn into William, cause Lancaster knows that it's Christina and William. And he says, but I die every time. He's like, I die a thousand deaths. I die a thousand times. He's like, that's exactly what I wish for you. And then Lancaster kind of just dies. But I was like, what the hell was the point of putting that stone I in think, that desk? I didn't, I, I was thinking the stone, didn't understand. I was thinking the stone kind of blocked any magic. Block the magic? Yeah, any magic that um, that Lancaster would do, the stone would block it. With So when he went to go revive himself, oh. it blocked it. Well, that's a good theory. Oh. I just thought it was like a symbol so that he knew it was Christina. Like, I just thought it was like a, I, I know that it's you kind of a thing. That's what I thought it was. Yeah, I did. I think you're right, Marcus, because they kept saying that uh, it's not working. Mm-hmm. It's not working. It's not working. Oh, wow. That's a good one. Um, so then we uh, so we see that now Lancaster has died. He knows that it was William slash Christina who, you know, basically did this to him because he's holds the stone. So by racist Lancaster, I guess ri- the rise of William Christina. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, so then we cut back to the shop. Uh, so Montrose is down there. He's drinking that moonshine. And then uh, Tick walks in and uh, he, t- you know, takes a drink as well. You know, he's like, Daddy, why, you know, why, why are you drinking? Like, give me a break. And he was like, why do I need a swig too? And I was like, I do too. I, I, I also need a swig of that moonshine, guys. Um, and then Montrose is kind of remembering his brother. And he said, you know, I would have taken the bullet for George. I think that Montrose still holds a lot of guilt over George dying and Montrose living because George, you know, was seen as a good man. And Montrose doesn't see himself as a very worthy person. Then we have the big reveal uh, where Montrose admits that George might be Tick's biological father. Um, and that just kind of derails Tick even more. And Tick gets upset. He's like, so my mama cheated, you know, he cheated with you with Uncle George. Um, then Montrose has explaining him he's like you need to understand that we have a, a bond that you can never understand it's an unbreakable bond you know all the, they, they, the three of them survived when their families passed away in Tulsa he was like you, we don't it's not you look at love a different way than we looked at love like we just we loved each other but it was you know a little bit different that we gave each other what we needed it's kind of what I what I thought of it as um, and then Tick tells him, you know, he's very upset. Uh, he was like, you know, fuck, you know, that I wish George was my dad. You know, you beat me. And then he was like, I would, would you know, just hoping this man was my dad. And then you can see that it's, it definitely hurts Montrose and it definitely hurts Tick. Um, so they're kind of having this moment. Uh, Tick is crying. Montrose is upset. And then we see Mama Hippolyta walk in with her space backpack on her hat. And I just said, Black Mama, look, like, she just came in like, what is going on, idiots? Like, what are y'all doing? So she comes through, like, just I, ready to. She, I, she came in ready to fight. I um the, uh, on the second viewing of this, I like did not like this part even more. <laughs> you didn't like the the Montrose tip. No, when she came in, because on the the first time I watched it, I thought that somehow with her being in you know. New Orleans Earth or something. She had found some information or been summoned <laughs> to know that her child was in trouble or mm-hmm. something happened. And, and that's why she came home. But on the second viewing, that's not what happened. She just walked in and was like, I'm back. Oh, it's this thing. Like, I'm home. You just, happened, you just happened to be here at the right you just happen to be here at the right time, at the right moment. <laughs> Look at God. Look at God. <laughs> like, okay. Well, you even know how high I okay. got back. 
We don't even know how she got back here. Why couldn't she get back from Earth 504 two days ago when her child was being tormented by the demon? I was like, where did she come from? And she just walking in like she been here. I'm like, I'm so she walked in with a bag of beignets and some gumbo and everything. <laughs> <laughs> like, she was like, I got this hurricane in my bag. Right. <laughs> this, this hurricane, this hurricane to heal everything. So let her get a let her get a little swig of this. She'll be fine. And then to walk in with attitude, I'm like, you been gone for like a gazillion nah, years. Nah, but bring it down or not. What did y'all think about the reveal of um, Six Real Father? I thought it was almost like a fucking throwaway line. I thought it'd be more dramatic than it what, what it was. Oh, I, w- I was so over it. <laughs> I was just over it. I'm like, right. finally. Because we've known it since episode two. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think it was too drawn out. I feel like if had they condensed it, we'd have been like, "Ooh, girl, y'all hear, y'all hear, uh, who who Tick Dad is?" Like, but it was just like, "Okay, like, dude, Tick, we've been we've been knowing this for a long time." Sorry, to, sorry, bro. Right, and then Hippolyta came back, so you don't even need exactly. It's kind of yeah. like you told him for no reason. You blew up your spot, <laughs> and you didn't even need the blood because Tick on my mama. Yeah, crazy. That's crazy. So we have Hippolyta coming back. Um, they go upstairs and Christina uh, uses Hippolyta's blood to perform the spell. So she cuts her hand and then we see Dee's arm, like all the maggots and flies and stuff started to come out of it. And she turns back into herself, but she still doesn't open her eyes. She's still not like, you know, 100 percent who she, you know, who she is. We know it's just a, just to get her well. This is not to cure her. So um, uh there she's just like okay so now we gotta we gotta find we gotta find like a cure-all uh then you see christina uh, decides to walk outside and ruby follows her and then here comes letty and basically uh ruby just she's like you know what you just just like your mama you know you running behind this man he gonna get you killed like ruby is totally anti-tick like ruby is the most anti-tick person in this show um she was like, you just need to stop doing, you need to stop running behind him. And then Letty is like, you think Christina, you know, she's using you, you know, she's lets her know, you know, you know that Christina wants to use Tick and she's going to kill him during the equinox. Uh, so she, can, you know, she's going to use him in this spell. And honestly, uh, Ruby, not that fucked up about it. She was hey. like, she was like, like hi, I was three hi. episodes ago. <laughs> she okay. was like, fuck a Tick. Yeah. Like I was three episodes ago. <laughs> fuck a Tick, though. Like a tick. Uh, and then you see Christina like sitting in the car and she, and she was just like, bitch, you coming? And then Ruby, go ahead on to get in the car. I was like, all right then. The, your boo calling you to get in the car. Y'all about to go to, go to the big house. Because <laughs> Christina William laying in that pipe. Do you she think that, um, <laughs> do you think that Hippolyta, um, treats Tick that way because of her knowing about George or just because she just thinks he's annoying? You mean Hippolyta or Ruby? What do you mean that she treats him irritate? She's always irritated with him. Like, do we think she knows? Mm. I would think that she would know. I think that she knew about Dora, and she. I think she knew that her husband was in love with Dora. Hippolyta seems irritated in general. There's not <laughs> been a single. There has not been a single episode where Hippolyta did not seem irritated. <laughs> so I'm just. Like, you know what. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's so fucking true because <laughs> I was like I don't have a husband I, w- I would go through my husband's wallet I don't know if that's a thing that people do or not but I would go through it and I'd be like oh here's this picture of this of your 
sister here's the brother's wife like this is cute bye like you know i don't know guys i don't know married people you tell me if you go through people's stuff i don't know i i it, yeah so i did that i would go through it so i'm like i feel like yes 100 true we have a lot of been annoyed this entire <laughs> since since that bear room scene it's just she wants to be big and you make her small she, is over, she wants to be big right. as house <laughs> yeah but she's uh yeah i do feel like um there may be something there that she knew George and Dora, you know, definitely were meant to be. And Tick just was there. Um, and I, and I feel also that George really loved Tick. And I think maybe she had some, some felt some kind of way about that. Like he really did love him very much, uh, and gave him, it seemed like a lot of attention and care because of Montrose, you know, being abusive to him, but who knows? So they have a lot of take her backpack off and her hat off, you know, she have saved her child she already irritated. She was like, put in the back seat. We got to find like what is going to, you know, cure my child. Um, and she was like, uh, listen, what we got to do? They're like, we need the book of names. And they're like, where is it? Bitch in Tulsa got burnt up. She was like, oh, we going there. We going right now. She's like, I have been on Earth 504 for 200 years. She's like, I've had infinite possibilities and infinite wisdom. Um, I was able to name myself whatever I want. And then uh, she was like, he said, you went in a time machine. She was like, it's a multiverse machine. So now everybody's like, oh, okay, bet, bet, bet. So <laughs> then um, she was like, because <laughs> <laughs> they did. Yeah, I'm just acting now. like they knew what that was. Like you said it. I'm like, did they know what a multiverse machine was? They were just like, yeah, <laughs> right. They were like, they, they doing like I do when y'all tell me about the World Series. I don't even know what that is. I think it's a pennant. Like, I don't know. I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure. I just go along with it. Just play, fake it till you make it. They was like, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you got it, you got it. So then, so then uh, they were like, yeah, yeah, we don't, we don't do that, we don't do that. So then she, you know, basically, um, and as she's telling them this, she's so mad. I'm like, bitch, they did not send you in that portal. Like, calm down. So she realizes, like, we got to go back there. We got to get the book of names so I can, we can save my child. And I put in my notes, guys. So they were like, oh, the key is, uh, we don't have the key anymore. It's, and it's broken. Then she pulls out this little this little glowing thing. Where did the fuck did she pull that out of? A toolbox or her, back, her magic backpack? Where did that come from? <laughs> you made her sound like Dora. He was, was Dora the Explorer. <laughs> God damn it. She God was. We're it. just now getting it. We're just now getting yeah. that she. That's, that's where they got the name, the name Dora from. God damn it. Mind blown. Because she says, well, I have this tool, but I'm like, did, it looked like she, and I'm, it just may have been me. I couldn't have seen it. I thought she pulled it out of a toolbox in the garage. I'm like, has that always been there? Or did she come with that? I didn't understand where that came from. I got confused. So I don't know. I might have to. It, it, it looked like the thing from her wrist that that in her oh, wrist now. Wrist. That she right. from there. Oh, okay. That's what I okay. thought. Was. I, I couldn't understand. She just pulled it out of somewhere, and I was like, "Where did you get that from?" Okay, I got you. Um, and so now she's like, "I can fix. You know, I'm going to fix the machine. We're going to go back to Tulsa, and we're going to get the book so that we can save my child. We got to go to the observ- go to the observatory. Um, then, so they put D in the car, and she was like, "Get in the fucking car, dude. We got we about to roll, roll out. Get in, Woody. We about to roll. We got to roll to my, one of my spaceships, and we gonna." handle business um so now we know hippolyta uh is she's like fully in charge you know my like, guys she has she's been with infinite possibilities and she has all the wisdom in the entire fucking world get in the car put your seatbelt on don't ask can we stop for none to eat and let's go 
I know, because she was up there like, we have to do something with the with the motherboard. And Letty was like, what's a motherboard? She's like, just shut the hell up which, and listen to me. Which made sense. <laughs> Let it your slow ass. But Lana had all the things. It's going to take this long to do this. It's going to take this long to do this. It's going to do this. Gonna do this. Gonna do... I see she came back with all the plans in that book bag. She had everything in that magic backpack ready to go. And this then, is my, this uh-huh. is my question. Uh-huh. Instead of trying to find the portal to Tulsa 1921 to get the book of names. How come y'all just didn't go back a couple days before the funeral and not let D get cursed and everything from the beginning? I mean, that's just me. That's just me. That's the question oh, I had. Because that seemed a lot easier than going to the Tulsa riots and finding a book. I mean, to come well, I think because they maybe they didn't know exactly when she got when she got cursed. Maybe they didn't know exactly when because she wasn't able to draw it remember she drew it up until so maybe maybe she couldn't figure out how to they how knew, to get her they knew she wasn't cursed did. at at the wake they just could have gone yeah. back yeah, the day before exactly <laughs> yeah Exactly. You talking right? Y'all talking right? You sounded like Queen and Slim instead of going to Mexico trying to get the Cuba. Now you talking right? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, we yeah, you trying to listen? We on Earth? We on Earth two hundred one? We on Earth four hundred four? And you on you on Earth five hundred four? Like I need to become. We we trying to do big things over here. We got to go all the way back. I'm sorry, I I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know. All the way back. back. Um, I do want to call something out. I do want to call something out because. Uh, someone tweeted Misha Green and they asked and this is something I've called out I said the Atlas said Kansas but they went to Kentucky somebody asked her that and she said it was my fault it was messed up in editing the Atlas should have said Kentucky they ah. not Kansas so I was like yes I did yeah. get one thing we were right. both right well first you didn't know where Mayfield was at first but no, yes it did say Kansas but the whole time they had been talking about the the observatory in Kentucky. That's where Lancaster had his cops watching. But I guess once he died, Uh the cops were no longer watching the the observatory anymore because it was real easy for them to get in and out of there. I thought about that too. Yeah, I think they were probably so kind of, uh, I bet William went there and cleaned house. I bet he went there and did some kind of some kind of crazy stuff and some spells and stuff. Who knows, girl? It's insane. So then we go back to Will Cena house and we have Ruby and they're in the basement. So you see William's body and we see the lady, uh, White Hillary, but her name is Dale. And she was the estate. We thought she we kept calling her the sheriff, but she was the estate, uh, like the manager of the state uh, for her father. So we see that um, Ruby kind of confronts Christina and she was like, you know, did you use me to get to tick? Like, is that, you know, is that all this is? And Christina's like, I saw an opportunity and I took it, but I didn't use you. So uh, I was like, uh, hashtag don't believe the hype. Yes, she did. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I feel. Uh, and so, and I think that, yeah, she did see an opportunity. She did, she is using you because she used you to get to her sister. Um, so she knows that I, I just hope that Ruby isn't so digmatized that she thinks that Christina does not really have an ulterior motive. Like she only cares about being immortal. Um, and she let her know, Christina was like, I've been planning this. This has been meticulously planned out. Like, please believe you just a little bit, a little bit on the, on the road. Um, you just an extra on the road, a little bit of extra ass on the road, basically. <laughs> I feel like she. she I feel like she started off using her. I do think she likes it. Though. Found out she had feelings along the way, but don't. But still, don't get it fucked up. I will kill Tick uh, to get this done in a heartbeat. I, yes, I promise not to kill your sister, but uh, 
Yeah. But I mean, I guess she can't kill but her sister mm-hmm. with the um, invulnerability spell. Yeah, I, but I yeah. feel like she could she could take that off yeah. at any point. She knows so how to kill her. Still, yeah. she killed her dad, so she she can take it off. Yeah. She knows how to remove it. Which may have been my question of yeah. if I were Letty. Okay, you you put this on me. Does that also mean mm-hmm. you know how to take? Letty don't ask enough questions of people. That's what I I realized. She don't ask enough. You need to ask a follow up question, and a follow up question to that follow up question. Uh, if people put <laughs> spells on your body, <laughs> that's what I feel. Y'all ask all the questions. So I don't know. Well, it's kind of crazy. So Christina um, says, you know, Tick was always going to go back to Artem. She was like, that that was going to be like, that's, that's um, the only, that's going to happen. The only variable is time. And then she says, in you, talking about Ruby, like you're the one, you're the things that kind of popped up. Um, and then she uh, does promise Ruby that she won't hurt Letty. Um, but like you said, she can't go back on that at any time. I, like we all feel like she's not an honest person. Are we? She may, She's an honest person to a point. And we don't, we just can't believe her and everything she says. Um, then we see Ruby go to Dale and there's this like the thing, I guess that's kind of running her blood through, uh, running her blood through this machine um, to make the potion. And she turns the valve and on my, I, I watch it again on my computer up real close to my closed caption so I can read it with my good eyes. And she, it just said gas escapes. So I know Dale opened her mouth a little bit. Do we think that, and I thought we talked about it a little bit on Sunday. Did she kill Dale to be a redhead, a white woman, or did she just make more potion? Because we, I don't know, I don't know. What I don't to know, think but I would have killed, killed Dale to be a prettier white woman. I would have killed Dale to be Jessica Chastain because I really like Jessica Chastain. I got, I got a thing for redheads too. So I would have been like, yeah. we gonna kill this bitch off, and you gonna find me a final black, a final white woman for me to walk around as, and not this basic ass chick. No disrespect, extra sorry. Um, that's what I was saying, saying, Mimi. Come join my team. That's what I was saying when mm-hmm. she first did it. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm gonna be a white woman, I ain't gonna be that one. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna be one. <laughs> yeah, 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 I, yeah. Listen, I'm be, I'm be Charlize Theron. I'm come, I'm come, step, I'm stepping out on y'all, y'all ass, <laughs> swinging my hair left and right. I guess this, get ready, this, guys. <laughs> I guess this might be a good point where I want to drop my theory. I think Ruby's gonna betray. Taking Letty and Atticus, and something that's going to lead to her dying in episode ten. You think she's going for Christina? Yeah, she's going to betray her own sister and Atticus for Christina. Yep. Well, she can be sacrificial to me. I'm okay with it. If that's what she wants to do. I don't. I don't see her throwing her sus- pregnant sister under the bus for Christina. <laughs> but I mean. I, I think yeah, she's gonna she's know. gonna I think she's gonna throw Atticus under the bus, but Letty's gonna be inadvertently 100%. caught in it. Inadvertently caught in it. And Ruby's gonna try and I guess save her, but she's gonna kill her, she's gonna die instead to save them from her mistake. Yeah, I, I mean I just want to formulate it. I got you. I got but you. that that type of thing. But yeah, she's gonna betray I, them for Christina, yeah. but eventually in the on the long run, kill herself. I got you. Because uh, yeah. you know, I, you know, I, I know. if she want to throw Atticus, I I throw Atticus under the bus right now. But that's just me. I wouldn't. <laughs> I, I would understand. <laughs> like throw Atticus under the bus. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, poor Atticus. He can't. Oh, he can't win. Um. So now we're back at the observatory, and uh, Hippolyta has fixed 
uh, she's fixing the machine and she's getting ready to go. And you see that uh, Montrose and uh, Letty have taken D kind of up on the platform to kind of wrap her up and make sure she's okay. And um, Letty basically, uh, uh, Montrose uh, kind of had been drinking a little bit before we saw him twice drinking that moonshine and he lets it slip that she knows that he, he knows that she is pregnant. Um, uh, and then he was, she was like, you know, Tick went to, he said Tick went to the future. He got pulled through the portal as well. And you know, that he knows as well. Like, so me and Tick know that you're pregnant, even though you haven't told us because we know that, uh, that Tick went to the future. And he also lets it, uh, slip that, um, uh, he lets her know that, Tick will die in Christina's spell to become immortal. So now Letty's like, oh shit, you know, I thought I had this big secret that only me and Ruby knew, but now my, you know, my baby daddy know and his daddy know, like, so this isn't some big secret that she's been keeping from them. They already know what's going on. Um, and now she knows that, you know, she took that invulnerability when she got the mark of Cain from Christina. And he's like, that could have been for my son because she's going to use him to become immortal. What you took that should have been for him. Now you have basically killed my child. Um, he was like, and you'll know once you have your own son. And he was, then he lets her know that she's going to have a boy. Did, did they ever, uh, why was she withholding the information from T? I don't, I, they never say why. She only let Letty, uh, only let Ruby know. The way that they, and this, this should have been my first thing. Communication is a fucking key. Because these people's lives would be so much better if they would just, Talk to each other honestly. You holding secrets that don't even make no fucking sense to be holding. Like it doesn't. There's no rhyme or reason to the to the why you're holding these secrets when you guys are actually. If you work together, it'd be good to go. Y'all could probably kill Will Stina by now and Lancaster all in the same breath. Will Stina. <laughs> yeah. I've been really, y'all, I've been working on that for nine episodes. So I'm really proud of myself because I try to combine their dates in a way that I like. Little Stina, which I like. But that's real yeah, life. That's, that's so yeah, one, like, one, that's life. That's human nature. That is. Lack of communication, Jeez. holding secrets, or of omission. Or not, I mean, that's just the human life. And then as Black people, we don't share a lot with each other mm-hmm. about things. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just kind of human nature it is but i'm just like god y'all y'all make life so fucking difficult and all you need to do is sit down some of this stuff was just being withheld to add drama to the story because some some of this stuff was just like y'all need to y'all need to 100 percent told that with a hundred percent lord guys get together mel you gotta trademark that name will stina uh, Will Stina. <laughs> Will Stina. Um, so then Hipp- uh, Hippolyta has fixed the machine and she's like, I'm going to be the motherboard. And, you know, slow ass lady don't know what that is. She was like, girl, don't worry about it. Let's just plug these things <laughs> in, my, in my arms. Uh, so she's done the calculation to take them back to our Earth. Um, in Tulsa, uh, 1921. And she needs, to, she's like, I need a point. Like, where, where do we go? And she, she knows that Montrose keeps a picture of he, George, and Dora in his wallet again. I think people do go through other people's wallets. Um, so he pulls it out. And then she was like, it, uh, it's at the uh, Stratford Hotel. You know, my parents would save up all year. We would get to go to the hotel and have a, a lovely evening. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about the hotel at the end of this episode. Um, so they now she has a point to where they can go in, in portal and safely. 
So they portal into the, uh, into the hotel. Um, she called them before everything gets going. She was reading their body language and they're acting tense around each other. She can tell something's not right. And she was like, we're trying to save my child. Deal with your shit later on. Like, get it together. One, two, three, get it together. Just like your mama say, I'm going to count to three. And I ain't going to count to four or five, but three is going to be it. Right. And if somebody getting their ass whooped. So I was like, she's really angry. So you just to do what she says, guys. Get it together. Mm-hmm. Um, so we see she opens the portal. She's using her those little uh, uh, things in her wrist that we know that Beyonce uh, put in, in her wrist. <laughs> I'm and sorry. So she, uh-huh. When you said Beyonce, I had to think about I was like, Beyonce? What are you talking about? Oh, yeah. Beyonce puts in her wrist. Uh, so now, I guess now we know that she never joined their society because we know that she said that she would remove them and then she could, you know, fully be integrated into their society. So she was clearly always this traveler in, you know, all over Earth 504. But, and then really they cool. never tell us how she got back. And now she just shows up right at the next but You know time. what? But I think she came through another another uh, portal. Um, you know, there are the observatories all in, in multiple places. So maybe she just came through another one that they, they had somewhere else. I don't know. I hope they tell us because... If not, we need to tweet Misha Green. Like, all of us need to tweet at her. So she'll answer one of us. Like, is this um, another Kansas moment, Misha? Where, you, where y'all just forgot something? <laughs> like, oh. just forgot to put it in there. <laughs> I don't know, guys. And she was, she was like, y'all, my bad. We, did, we missed that editing. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> but I like that she was very honest about it. Right. Um, so, you know, they, uh, uh, Letty and Tick go through the portal. And then Montrose is hesitating. So he's like, oh, God, now I have to go back, you know through all this pain um so they portal in and we find out that the massacre actually happened on their prom night he said booker t washington prom was that night so everybody's kind of getting ready and getting dressed and they're excited to go you know to prom that evening um so he ends up and then he tells you know understand that uh on the first night dora's house burns down and she lost her whole family they were all killed um so he's trying to tell them like this is what's going on and he takes them so they, you know, change clothes and he takes them out of the hotel and they're walking uh, to uh, to his neighborhood. Mimi, you have something? Oh, no. <laughs> OK, so then that's when we saw like all the, you know, the black people just being beautiful and just living their very uninterrupted lives in these gorgeous clothes and, you know, getting ready for the night. And they just all look so lovely. And it was it was really nice. And I think that, um, real, that was another sad thing was that I think in reality it was crumb or something that day. I did, I did. Yes, it was their yeah, problem. I didn't go back and double check, but I heard I heard it somewhere that it actually was. Mm-hmm. Um, so Montrose is still, you know, uh, kind of shell shocked. You can tell. So he's kind of hardly moving. And Tick is like, dude, you know, you can do the get into this shit after it's done. Like we, you know, we have to do what we have to do. We have we came here to do a job. Like, let's just get through this and then we'll be done. Um, and then so they go to uh, like across the street. I guess is where they kind of either park their cars, but it's kind of like a little garage or storage area. And they're looking at Matro's house, Matro's and George's house that's next door to Dora's house. And they see uh, that Matro's dad has chased him outside and he's beating him um, with he said, get a switch. And I was like, oh, gosh, I've had to do that before, but we'll keep that between us. Um, so he pulls a switch off the tree and he's like beating him in the front yard. And I'm like, you really either have to be drunk or you really don't give a fuck to beat your child like that in the front yard in front of anybody. Um, so he he said that he was trying on George, George's uh, prom jacket that they had had specially tailored at Briar's um, tailor shop and that he had taken the corsage in uh, as well. So I didn't know. I got confused. Did he put the flower in his ear? Is that what happened? Like so that. he, 
Okay. So his dad walked in and saw this. Yes. Um, so we're watching him be beat. Um, and Tick is watching this happen. You know, Letty's there and he's like, I deserve it. You know, I miss, you know, I was, I, I was being too soft, basically. I was acting out and I deserve to be beat like that. And Letty's like, nobody deserves that. And I was gonna, no, and no one does. I was going to say, when you said in the front yard, also, it seemed like neighbors are walking by and it was just, this is normal activity for them. He normally just yes. beats them out in the open. So. Yeah, he doesn't care. He, he doesn't. He doesn't care. Um, so he's beating him. And then we see uh, Dora runs out um, and George comes out as well. But Dora stands in front of Montrose and is like, you need to stop, you know, stop hitting him. She puts herself in between where I said just the resilience of black women. This young girl puts herself between a man beating his child where his brother comes out and stands behind the dad. You know, she was brave enough to stand and say, you're not going to keep hitting him. And he's going off on her and her daddy walk out. And I was like, now, let me tell you something. Let me tell you how you get your ass shot real right. quick is to hit somebody else's child. That's how you. Now, Ruby, this is how you get shot over here. when you be do, doing the wrong thing to people, kids. Get us together, Rubes. <laughs> Shit. Thank you for joining my Man. team. <laughs> I'm firmly on the anti-Ruby. Wait, the anti wait, Ruby. Not anti-Santa. Wait, wait, wait. When did Ruby beat somebody's child again? No, I was just saying when you mistreat people's kids or not paying attention to people's oh, kids. Like, that's how you I, get shot. I was like, I missed that part when Ruby was beating kids now. No, no. no, no. <laughs> I, just, I bring it back. I brings it back around. I brings it back full circle. Brings it back around. Um, so, uh, you know, Montrose runs off and then um, George and Dora are kind of standing there and they're getting ready for prom. And she was like, oh, they canceled prom, you know, stuff going on downtown. They done canceled the art dance. And, you know, he had bought her a corsage. So she he puts it on her and she's like, let's just go look for my brother. So they kind of run off down the street to to look for them. So that's important because now you know that the three of them have left their safe haven at their family's home and that they're in, you know, in the community by them. The three of them are by themselves um, in town. Uh, then we see Tick and Letty, uh, and then they turn around, and then Montrose he just goes away, like he runs off. So they're like, it, they're like, oh shit! Now where did Daddy go? He's like, oh, he's gonna try to save George. Um, he's gonna try to, you know, to to intercede. Um, where we know that they can, they can go back in the past, but they can't change things in the past because then that will alter the future. Because this is our Earth. This isn't Earth four hundred five or two one nine. Like. This is 404 Earth. We got to make sure that we are doing the right thing. So then they get upset <laughs> and they decide to split ways and they're going to try to find Montrose. Um, and then, of course, save the day as well. Uh, so Tick and Letty, when they decide to split ways, um, just so that, that Montrose doesn't alter anything, Letty tells Tick, uh, just, and I completely missed this the first time. She says, uh, you know, uh, we, should, we should name him George. Mm -hmm. And then... You know, they split ways. They don't. He doesn't. Uh, Tick doesn't say anything back. She, now they're both understanding that they know she knows that his secrets and he knows her secrets. So they're talking about their child, their unborn child that she's carrying. And I don't know how the hell I missed that the first time around. I, could, I Not until the Lovecraft radio brought it out. I would have missed it on my second watch, to be totally honest. It was such a quick scene. Right. Yeah. And then you can kind of hear gunshots um, in the distance. You hear like pops happening uh, off in the distance when they're trying to go off. So uh, they split ways and we then see the next scene. It's kind of nighttime. The sun has uh, started to set and uh, Letty's walking down the street and she's walking back toward Ticken, uh, toward Dora's house in Fred and George, uh, Fred and George Lord, uh, George and Montrose's house. And uh, these white guys just pull up in this truck and they start um, chasing them and shooting at them. But the bullets start bouncing off her. She takes off running like. Flojo, again, that girl can really, really run fast. 
And so the bullets start bouncing off of her. Um, and then Dora's uh, uh, dad comes out. He says, get in the house. You know, we'll keep you safe. They don't know her. But they're just like, we know some shit's popping off. People shooting. Just come in our house. We're going to take care of you. We'll, we'll keep you safe from the mob. Um, and then the mob is down the street killing, you know, people. She's in the house with his, with Dora's family. Um, they're handing out guns to everybody. And, you know, they're just trying to like, how are we going to make sure that we stay safe? Uh, the men are going to go look for the kids because then... Uh, the dads are like, wait a minute, Mr. Freeman's there. Um, Dora's dad's there. Like the kids are out. They're out by themselves. We got to go find our children. So then they decide to go and look for George, uh, Montrose and Dora. The women in the house all have guns. They're ready to, to de- they're defending their home. And Letty goes, um, she kind of goes upstairs and is talking to Dora's sister for a while. She goes away and then she starts to look for um, for the book of names. So during the show, I had to split these out. So these happen simultaneously, these two scenes. But I'm just going to focus on Letty's scene right now because it gets confusing when you try to recap it. So Letty is in the house and she starts to look for the book of names. And Dora's grandmother, whose name is Hattie, comes upstairs and she got her gun pulled like bitch I'll blow you away too who are you you didn't look right when you came in here with them vans on slash kids on they don't even go here you don't even go here you don't go here so she's like and she's you know looking through everything and she's like you know I don't I didn't trust you from the beginning you know what do you want what are you looking for and then Letty basically has to be honest. She's like, listen, I need the book of names. Um, um, I'm Letty. I'm from the future. She just start, y'all, when I tell you, she just start telling all the truths. I was like, bitch, you probably gonna tell this lady your blood type. She was just telling everything for this lady not to, not to say, shoot her. I was supposed to say, way not to, to do anything that could change the future. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> she was like, you got to get burned up anyway. I can tell you everything. She was like, my blood type, my daddy is this. Like, she was just saying, my, my sister named Ruby. <laughs> it was like listen uh i'm carrying your great great grandson you know your grandson named tick that's girl's baby like don't shoot me lady but straight up if i was that late i was just i would have shot lady just off a gp because like you ain't making no sense i need to kill this crazy lady (laughs) (laughs) what and i feel like women named hattie would do that I feel like if your name Hattie, you probably shot somebody already. I, I mean, believe. she was she was aiming that pistol like she was used to firing yeah. on people. Yeah, I like it. I, I love to see. It. I love to see it. I'm um, gonna say this: the 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 actress that they had. So, um, Montrose is in George's dad. His name is William, I think. So I've been mm-hmm. watching him since that guy, which was the web series on Black and Sexy TV. Okay. Anyway, everything that he's in, he is angry, and I want him to play something else because he that that he is typecast in that. And yeah. then, um, isn't he Ms. Bass Hattie? Reeves? Isn't he Bass Reeves? No, from Watchmen. He just had the same mustache. No. Okay. I, uh, Bass uh, I, I'm still trying. You know, I'm trying. I'm gonna make this connection. <laughs> I'm gonna make this connection. All angry black men don't look like. First of all, they look like Bass Reeves. <laughs> I just said whoever does the casting for this mm-hmm. show, I think they did a good job in casting the um, Tulsa group. Yeah, they did. They put a lot of thought into it. So mm-hmm. she um, basically, Letty is trying to tell her whatever she needs to tell her. She's like, listen, uh, I am carrying your great, great grandson. Like, this is what's happening. This is what's going on. I need the book of names. She's like, I don't know uh, the good, only good book. I, only book I know is the good book. And she was like, lady, now come on now. You know what the book of names is. Uh, so I feel <laughs> like then she, yeah, then she like, she was like, you have a birthmark in your, your, uh, 
Tick has the same birthmark as you do. And, you know, and then so she draws it out and she was like, okay, this bitch for real. Okay, 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 kids. Okay, Van. Would that, would, 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 would that have been enough to convince you <laughs> that what she was saying was real with all these white people out here? Uh, you know what? Never mind. Let's just go ahead. I, yeah, I, w- I would have been, I would have been convinced once she said the book of names because not until she really said that, then you know that, okay, this is a person that knows okay. something much deeper about my family that nobody else really knows. Okay. That was that was clearly a clear secret. I'm just so she said... Waiting wait to the point where I would have been like... I would have shot her from... Yeah, I would have shot her yeah. from... Uh, I'm like, did you light skin too? <laughs> oh, you getting shot up in here. I said that right now. On this night, on this prom anyway, night, when white people back here, white they, people back here popping they, everybody left and right. I don't know no Hattie. What? Huh? I don't know no Hattie that don't got a body. Listen, if you if your name Hattie, you done shot somebody. If your name Hattie, you got a pistol under your bed or under your pillow, and you about to shoot shoot anybody. Especially in nineteen twenty one. Listen, Hattie keep Hattie keeps people alive, and I love to see it. So, um, Hattie uh, basically gives uh, uh, Letty the book. Uh, she goes get the book of names. It was in this like safe behind the picture. So she grabs it uh, for her, and she says, "You know, my grand, my great grandson, and I think Marcus said this earlier. Um, you know, he is my faith turned into flesh." Uh, and so she gives her the book of names. She says, "I was told." Uh, she says, "It's a book that's bound." Um, I was told never to open it. And she says, she gives her a piece of paper. She said, you have to say these words to open it. So now we know that the book of names is not something that you open. You just keep it. And there is a spell that helps you open the book. And she get, gives that piece of paper to her as well. Um, and then Letty, um, you know, holds her hand until the end. And she tells her, you know, there's nothing we can do. We can't change it. You know, uh, we're not going to make it. So she stays with her. And at this point, Hattie is like, I have to do this. I will burn up and, and sacrifice for my great, my grandson and my great grandson to to have a life and to be and to you know to fulfill whatever their purpose is and so letty holds her hand um uh as she burns up and kind of taken away and then we hear sonia sanchez uh, poem called uh, catch the fire uh while that scene is going on it's also being intertwined with montrose's scene and me watching the second time this shit did take me out i, I did tear up a little bit um, at my at this scene from montrose um so at the same time we see tick he yeah, I, I was like it. It was much more emotional once I sat close to the screen and just kind of sat with it. Um, it was really, really it was really sad. Like it was profoundly sad, um, actually. Uh, so we know that Tick is now having to go find his dad. So he rolls up on him. Uh, Montrose already got a bottle of, of alcohol in his hands. He was like, damn, you still trying to get drunk? Like, dude, we got to get it together. And he goes to the park where he sees his, uh, he's watching himself and his friend named Thomas right before the white mob gets him. And he says, you know, um, uh, uh, Montrose tells Tick that uh, he wants to save, you know, Thomas. He was like, you know, I I need to save him. You know, this was, he didn't tell him like this was somebody that I I was in love with, but you know that he and Thomas, you know, uh, did like each other. They're two boys that liked each other. Um, during 1921, so we know what the implications were, and he uh, says, "I just got. I have to save him." He was like, "I buried his name for so long," and Tick is like, "No, you can't. You know, you'll change something." He was like, "This won't change anything. Thomas doesn't even mean anything in the long line of sacrifices I made to become your father. Like Thomas is just one of the tiny things that I did. If we change it, it won't matter. It won't matter." And I, I know I'm supposed to like this thing because everybody seems to like mm-hmm. this episode, but me or whatever. 
But when he said that this is just a long line of sacrifices, I was thinking to my, I was thinking to myself, Tick didn't ask to be here. Actually, Tick is possibly someone else's son. So if you didn't want to make these sacrifices, you didn't have to. You chose this. Uh So why are you not making me feel guilty or some kind of way? Because when he said it, you could see Tick's face look a little like uh, it has some empathy or something. But I'm like, Uh I didn't ask to be here. I didn't ask you to make these sacrifices. You chose, you've been living a lie for however long Tick is old and that you didn't have to Mm -hmm. because you wanted to be a dad or you wanted to be a father, but then you were a horrible father. So why, why, sir? I'm, I just still, I still didn't feel the love. Sorry, Marcus. I I think it, no, I I mean, I, I think it's more nuanced than that. I mean, I mean, part of him wanting to be Tick's father is because Tick, to a certain extent, saved his life. Because it, it it enabled him to live, to keep his secret buried, to live a lie. So I mean, it's part of that, but I, I think it's a little bit deeper than that. Yeah, I mean, I think, and it's at the end of the day, the selfishness of Montrose is almost balanced with his. With it's hard to say, it's hard to explain. Like I know that he, I feel like he wanted to be someone's father. He wanted a son because he felt so rejected by his father. Not saying it was right for him to have children. I don't, I don't, I'm happy that Tick was in, you know, alive in this fictional universe, in this world that we have on television. But in the, in the long run, mm-hmm. Montrose has done more damage to Tick by have, by you wanting something, being selfish because you didn't have it yourself, that you gave birth to someone that you didn't take care of, that you treated and that you abused because you were abused. Instead of, you know, getting the help you needed, being a better person and being having children. But we know that that's not how things happen most of the time. Everybody People don't need to be people, a parent. Everyone does not need to be but, a parent. Even if you, I, even, I, I, even though that you, even though you want to be one, and I do think that Matros won the child, you know, probably his whole life. Again, it was because he missed something out yeah. with his dad because he didn't say daughter. He just said son. He was like, I, I wanted a son, not a, yeah. not just a child. I wanted you. I wanted a boy. I wanted a son. And you would think, though, or I would think that if it, if it were something that you wanted, that you would not abuse it in that way. I'm not saying that's that not you how would people be perfect. Are. That's I'm not, not that's saying not, that's not I'm not saying that you would be perfect by any means. You know, I'm not saying that you would not make mistakes. But mm-hmm. he abused the this child, yeah. traumatized yeah. and tormented him so much so that he joined the army. Mm-hmm. So much so that this child wanted yeah. the other man to be his dad. And you probably knew this all along. And it's just kind of like Mm-hmm. I, I I know I'm supposed to feel some empathy or sympathy, and and no. in some in some regards no. I do for like him but, and Thomas mm-hmm. and that I do. But at some point, you were an adult and you made a decision. The three of you actually mm-hmm. made a decision. Like the mm-hmm. three of them are responsible for this person's for Tick's trauma, and it's like yeah. you really had a yeah. choice, but in the matter. But I, I mean, I was. I, I, I'll say in the grand scheme, we like we all think we'll be better parents, or we all want to be better parents. But the thing about it, we say that, but we say that with the understanding of like we don't know what it takes to be a parent. All we know is what we're what we've seen. And Montrose, he doesn't. All he knows is what he went through, what he saw, and he, I guess, those traits that he saw in himself that Tick had. 
the only way he knew to address them or handle those situations was the same way his father handled those situations. So I, I, I give him a little bit, I give him a little bit of leniency with that because though he wanted to be a better father, he didn't necessarily know how to do it. Mm-hmm. All he right. knew is that his son, his son, his son was displaying things that would have that would have got him, in, I'll say, trouble in later on in his life. So he tried to save him or stop him from doing showing those traits to save his life. Yeah. So it, it was, and, I would and say it's, it's bad teaching, and that's, but it's all he knew. Could, I might be on your side if it weren't really someone else's child. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just didn't even have to mm-hmm. lie about this whole thing. Like, be a bad father. But he kept saying that it might not, it might be your child, or it might not be. Like, they didn't have paternity tests back then. But my thing is, so I, my they question was, test? I think they probably, I, I don't know. But they needed Mari. I don't know if they had paternity tests. They needed Mari. Yeah, they I don't know that they had Mari. paternity tests back then. But my thing is, like, what you were saying, Marcus, you can't, you can't give what you never had. Yes. Like, even if, that's why you see so many people who were abused that were, that I'll say if I have children, I'll never treat my child that way. And then they go and treat their child the same way because that's all that they know. Yes. They don't know how. That's why they need counseling. They need therapy. They need to unlearn that stuff. But yeah. you know, and that's I understand, that's more human nature. I understand that. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying, though, mm-hmm. is that there was a whole nother option. Like you made a choice because I'm sure we're going to probably get to it, but that's not his. It's really George's child. And that you made a choice. You decided, I wanted to be a father. I wanted to live this way. Mm -hmm. So because you decided that, there was a whole nother option. There was actually another adult male who lived nearby who was a family relation. No, I, like I, that's the part where I'm like, oh, my child's like, I feel for you in a sense, but I also don't. No, no, no. I don't think there was another choice. It was yeah. either he be a father to Tink, or he's going to die. That's why he told the story about the pastor and how the pastor that he knew got lobotomized and damn near killed. That's the way he saw it. Yeah. That may be yeah. the way that he saw it. But like wasn't he have... also married to Dora? Was he also? Weren't they also married? But it was a marriage of convenience. But, it was a marriage of convenience. Yes, it wasn't a marriage. It was a, when he said we that make your beard. Uh-huh. These are all these are all the things that make yes. your cover, right? I am married. He could have still been married mm-hmm. and not had a, a son. And the son still could have been someone else's. I just again But he wanted I mean, a son. That's that's, that's the, the selfish. Point. But that's the selfish. He wanted that's the selfish. He he wanted a son, yeah. Yeah, One but time. if you are married to Dora and Dora comes up pregnant, aren't you going to say this is my son <laughs> or admit that Dora cheated on you? Like, aren't you aren't you still going to say that this is my son? And on top of the fact that you want this to be your son, you could do many. He always wanted we he wanted a son. I just think he wanted a son. I don't think, and I don't think I don't think he had many options. I'm like that's when you. Back in that time, like like you say, women didn't have that many options. Like you went to school, you got married, you had babies, and that like the options that were that you're thinking, like there aren't there weren't that many options. I don't I, think to not to not be lobotomized. I am bringing be, this up jail. as the point to say, I don't. I still don't feel mm-hmm. the sympathy toward Montrose as a father. Montrose, right? I feel mm-hmm. toward Montrose as someone who 
could not be his true self, who could not love who he wanted to love. Mm-hmm. I feel that sympathy, right? That's yeah, I get that. Uh-huh. I'm not getting why yeah. you wanted to be a father. You then tell your son, you treat this man horribly. You then tell him that mm-hmm. you made all these sacrifices for him. So all that is not making me feel empathy for you. That's my point. For him. When there was... yeah. When you knew well, all along that this possibly was could not may not be your son, that you didn't even have to do all that. I was say, did he ever have sex? Did, so that to me that reads that he and Dora never had sex. I don't. I don't. That they were just married. They, we don't get that. He always said yeah. it could be your son. Yes, I think they had sex. Yeah. I don't think that he yeah. really. I think the only way that he knew or suspected that that wasn't his son, mm. and again, this is a made up show. Is that Tick maybe favored his brother more or had a lot more of his tendencies? But I think he probably caught Dora in bed with George. Oh, there was a very, they're a very interesting throuple, I have to say. This entanglement here. And now Dora and George are not. This is this is some sister wives type (laughs) shit. This is some sister wives (laughs) deep in uh in uh Utah type shit. Dora and George are not without fault because I don't know when Dora passed away, right? But if Dora felt the need to step in, like Dora stepped in between Montrose and his father, but you didn't step in between mm-hmm. Tick and Montrose, like they're not, the other two people are also not innocent in this situation, but we were talking about Montrose. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, and George admits that, that he yeah. should have done more. He's, George admits that he should have done more to protect he should have done more to protect Montrose when he was a child, and he should have done more to protect Tick. Um, and I don't know what what age did Tick's mom die. Like I don't, I'm, I'm trying to figure that out. Like they're in that picture when he's younger, but I don't know. Maybe he didn't beat him until after Dora died. Maybe that's when he started having this behavior. Yeah. Uh, we don't, we don't know. Um, we have to read the book. Yeah, no, I, book. I feel like this entanglement puts Jada. This entanglement puts Jada and Will to shame. Oh, they don't even, yeah, that, no, this ain't even, you can't even, this, you can't even, this is apples and oranges. <laughs> it's totally different. Yeah, this song, this song, some, some real, real crazy stuff. Okay. So, uh, Montrose is kind of reliving the scene and he wants it to, to save Thomas. Um, he's kind of buried his name down so far. And so we're watching Montrose as a child tell Thomas, like, we can't be friends anymore because you're a faggot. Um, and, th- you know, you just know that that is is really, hurt, you know, hurting him to say because he doesn't feel that way. It's just that, you know, that we can't because my dad just beat me again. Like we you and I definitely can't be friends because you're gay and, and I'm not gay. Like you're, you're the one that's gay. Basically what he's telling him. Um and then he says, you know, I had to cut the soft parts out of myself, he said, because just to become a man, because I, you know, because men have sons. And I tried to understand that it was I feel like that statement was trying to be really deep, but it just it for me, it missed the mark. Um, maybe they didn't finish writing it. I don't know. <laughs> I get where it was going, but it just it didn't land the way I I get the cutting the soft parts out, but it just the, the follow through. I, I don't know who the right. I don't know what they're writing. I don't, I don't think they were trying to be deep. I think this is just how a lot of men think, especially back then, that, men, yeah. that men have some. Yeah. But you, yeah. And that's why it meant a lot. And that's why it meant a lot to him because he was uh-huh. gay. Like men have sons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. China has a whole, like, I mean, several generations. That's not making sense. That several generations no sense. of nothing but, um, several generations of nothing but, uh, what do they call it? The lost generation in China because 
nobody wanted to have daughters. And you they, have, abort, and they would abort all the daughters. They that's not talking about being soft, people. but that doesn't have anything to do with people being gay or, or straight. Like I just I'm like the the well, whole statement and the statement in itself did not make it didn't it didn't carry through with the writing. It doesn't make the beginning well, of the statement doesn't make sense to the end of the statement. I just know that, that a lot of men I have heard that before. Uh-huh. Like you a men have sons, like men make kids. <laughs> yeah, of course you have sons, you have sperm. Like I am like, wait, what? Like I, your your son is your yeah, of course. That's it, yes. Men have sons. Your son is your legacy. He's going to carry on yes, your name. Of course. One hundred percent. Like I'm not I'm not disagreeing with what y'all saying. It's just your that son is your legacy. Does not going make to sense. Carry it does name. not the beginning of the comment does not connect Law. to the end of the comment. Law. It doesn't. They're two different things. What statements. was the beginning of the comment again? He says it does it doesn't connect. He says, I had to cut off the soft parts of myself, which I did hundred percent get that. He said, uh, just to be a man because men have sons. The fuck? No, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. That 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 you're right. You're right. You're right. It doesn't make sense. It's not a. You're right a about statement. that. You're right yeah. about that for sure. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I get where they, the beginning part had me. I was like, oh, okay, down. Yeah. Um. Then no, he. It, it, yeah. It's, it's gonna say that that masculine trope that men can't be soft. That I totally get again, but it, the end of it does not make sense. It doesn't match. The beginning of the statement doesn't match. It doesn't say that. Um, well, neither does that mentality anyway, so. <laughs> no, it doesn't make sense. Like, I was just like, this, none of this makes sense to me. Um, then he said, you know, he had to swallow his pride when he found out that George could be Tick's biological father. But he said he would do it all over again so that, you know, he could be Tick's father. And that's where I connect. This is where I connect with what Kim just said, because I'm like, really, you would? Because you're a terrible dad. You're the worst. Like that, that I understand. So I was like, okay, I get it. But yeah, I feel like, yeah, it was a lot. Um, and then Montrose, uh, he, he, you know, they're talking and he decides not to go save Thomas at this point. And then um, we see the mob come up and they shoot Thomas in the head and in front of Montrose. So basically Thomas's, um, his whole, like his, body parts are all over Montrose's body uh, and right before that happened they were so scared when these white people rolled up on them they held hands like they just held on to, to each other and then the white men were like you nigger faggot and then that's when they shot them so then he was also traumatized by like okay so now you shoot me because I'm black and you shoot me because I'm gay like it was just like layers on top of layers on top of layers um and he, Montrose says, but I never told anybody that part of the story, like that these men said that to us. So now we know he wasn't able to save uh, poor Thomas. Thomas did die. Um, then you see Do uh, George and Dora show up and they're there to help Montrose as these white people kind of, you know, basically circle around them to beat them up. They, you know, that he says that they only had one gun. I guess they were out of bullets. So then they were going to just beat them. Um, and then uh, he was like, well, what, there's something wrong. You know, you told me about the, you know, we heard about this mysterious man that comes out of nowhere with a baseball bat and he, you know, beats the people off you guys. He was like, something's wrong. Something's wrong. This isn't how this goes. And then as uh, this was so back to the future. So as um, uh, Tick walks up, he hits a baseball bat and he grabs the bat and he goes and beats the white people. And y'all, I'm not like I'm not, I know you're not supposed to hit women, but when he beat that white lady with that bat, I fucking lost it. I laughed so hard. I was like, I know I probably shouldn't be laughing at that. I fell on the floor. He hit a lady, he was beating up everybody. But like Shannon and Ashley, whatever the names are at the uh, Lovecraft Park, and one of them was like, Well, you, you, she shouldn't have been out there. She shouldn't have been out there. Stay your ass at the house. 
uh, he, uh, this an equal opportunity, ass. <laughs> that's for sure. That's for sure. So he says, you know, that he says the line, you know, I got you, kid. And that's what they all, the three of them remembered. And, and Tick has been told this story since he was a little boy. He's memorized it, but it was actually Tick. You know, come on, hey, come on. It was Tick who actually did it. So back to the future, all that good stuff. Um, it was a nice scene. Um, then we see uh, the last scene. The mob is just basically you know, looting stores, they're burning down stores, they're killing people, they're dropping bombs um, from air, aircraft onto the streets. They're just, you know, causing all types of damage and, and killing the Black people. Uh, Tick, Tick and Montrose actually make it back to the hotel, um, but they, Buddy's not there yet. And then Hippolyta's on the other side at the observatory, and she's kind of losing energy. She's just barely holding on. You know, she's been this battery for so long, trying to keep the portal open, the motherboard. And we see her turn into Arithia Blue. We see her hair go completely blue. Um, and now she is this character that Dee actually drew in her comic book. Um, and then we just see the uh, uh, tick run through the portal. He's holding her. He's like, you know, auntie, please just hold on a little bit longer. Letty hasn't made it yet. Please don't give up on us. And she doesn't. She still holds out. And again, the resilience of black women because she doesn't let that portal close on her family. Um, and she needs a book of names for her daughter to be saved. So we just see this really sad scene uh, that Montrose is kind of just, you know, turned around looking at his city burn um, to the ground and all these white people. So he's just being over and over again, uh, re-traumatized. And then we see Letty kind of walking through, you know, all the bombs and the fires. We know she's protected. She is holding the book of names to her chest and she's walking through to the hotel. And it just reminds you of when Hannah, uh, uh, Tick's ancestor, uh, ran through the house and we can tell she had the book of names and she gets to the door. So she is kind of uh, mimicking that scene, um, but she doesn't burn up like Letty's dream and Letty's dream with Hannah. She burnt up in that episode and this time she doesn't burn up. And then uh, they make it back through the portal. And right before Montrose makes it through the portal, he's uh, is just looking at his city and he starts reciting the names of the people that he knew that died um, that night Um in the, in the massacre that happened uh, to his people in his community in Greenwood and Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, and that's, you know, kind of how we ended. Um, and it is, it's just, it was a very sad, once I watched it the second time, it was a really, really, it was a devastatingly sad scene. Like I, I did tear up because you just, you hear, now we can connect the real people who actually died during Tulsa and he was saying their names um, and uh, just kind of reminiscing about the people that he lost. So that's how we ended we say to black that you know our people may, will make it back through and we're gonna see what orinthia blue gonna do i guess on the, the last episode uh nine tails need to come back um and we're mm. gonna see how it ends but they have a lot to tie up guys <laughs> they have a lot to tie yep up. but i'm excited i'm excited for the last episode i'm excited and sad for the last episode yeah excited and sad um so yeah, that uh, that ends this episode, and we now know that the Book of Names is we know that it's in on our Earth, uh, the Earth that we think I'm going to call it 404 Earth because we live in Atlanta. So 404 Earth, um, we know that the Book of Names there, and we can save D. And now, honestly, Tick has all the pieces. He got Titus's pages. He got the Book of Names. He done he done translated stuff. They now have Hippolyta who can can go to different portals. So they basically have everything now. They have his blood. They got his blood. I, I'm like, he y'all are unstoppable at this point. Get nine tails in here. Y'all about to fuck up the whole world. Make it happen. Um, and Orithia Blue on your side. So but, uh, 
I got. I don't know how to use any of it though. <laughs> That's the whole thing. They're gonna figure I it out. That is a commentary though. We as black people, I think we have tools. Um, well, I'm making a statement that we have mm-hmm. have the tools, but it's the actual having the access to the knowledge of knowing how to use it. Yes, is that that is some of the things that we don't have, mm-hmm. and like because I'm like they do have everything that they need. Yeah, but then how do you use what it is that you have? To I don't know save the world save each other. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No. I don't know if they need to figure out how to use Christina. I don't know if they got a crash course in magic that they gonna have to take. But uh, we'll see. I think it's gonna be some casualties in the next episode just from just not knowing how to do. I have a question. Oh no, go ahead, Marcus, because you were trying to say something. I got one last theory. What, tell me what y'all think about this. I think Jihad saves them, and Christina's going to be the the one hundred soul. Oh, okay. You don't think her mom was the one hundred soul? The soul. I I thought she was, but I still think she has power. This so I, I'm question. not sure. Like, this is my question. Other than, and this is going to sound bad, but other than sacrificing Tick. Because that's really all Christina wants is to sacrifice Tick so she can be immortal. Mm-hmm. What is she doing that's so terrible? <laughs> so, so just like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just because Lancaster is an asshole. Like those those people, yes, we see as like definite villains. They are chopping up black people. They are torturing black people. I'm just, I guess the worst Christina did was just. Uh, and maybe that's the commentary that she aided and abetted by not doing anything or intervening and just standing on the side while white men mm-hmm. were doing evil. Maybe that's the commentary because that has been the commentary throughout yep. you know, the history of this nation that white women have just yep. stood there while white men did terrible things. But um, I was just like her specifically mm-hmm. the worst she's done or is going to do is kill Tick to try to get immortality. Yeah. I, I think that's like my Ramsey Bolton take it. You need to take, take that back. Take it back. I'm not even going there. I'm not even going there tonight. Not in Trump's America. I'm not. Not in Trump's America. I'm not going there. Tonight. I would agree with you on Ramsey Bolton, but yeah, I was just like, because I was just sitting there like, and now what did Christina do? Oh, she, she want to knock off Tick to get immortality. I'm like, okay. And, and she was like, I don't even know why she wants to be immortal. I'm not even clear on why she even wants that. I, lo- I mean, that's that's the premise of a whole lot of uh, fantasy and superhero movies. Yeah. People want to. Everybody wants to be immortal, right? So, and then even but, then, she, but why though? In the conversation, like, even feel- then, she was like, "I just I need his blood for this spell." But because of how this spell works, I need all of his blood. If I didn't need all of his blood, I really wouldn't be trying to kill him. So I was yeah. just like, how bad is Christina? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she may not be that bad of a mass murderer. She killed, she did kill all the people her daddy. She killed a daddy. I mean, she's not without fault. But I'm like, I was just like, well, honestly, Christina, has, has she has helped them when they needed it. She held, you know, like she do be helping, but I don't think you can trust her. But I say, like, she right. tells, she's 
the one person that tells the truth the most often. Yeah. But you just don't know if you can trust her truth that she's telling you. Right. I don't know. I yeah. I don't know. But I, yeah, her and Ramsey Bolden are, are night. That's night and day. That, you on for Earth four hundred five versus Earth four hundred four. Like we're to- totally different. That's night and day. Day. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry. Your real comparison would have been Christina to Daenerys Targaryen, and we've been comparing them all the way through the, from the beginning of the, of the damn show. Yeah. They even look, they even look alike. So, <laughs> yeah, that's a good comparison. Y'all, y'all gonna make me have to watch. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do a rewatch of Game Don't do it. Just, just stop after, stop at six, maybe five. Six. <laughs> Yeah, it's my favorite episode. I'm not gonna lie, you watch Hard Home season five. Hard Home is my favorite. It's my favorite episode. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, y'all. I don't know what's gonna happen. I just feel like if they just start, be, if they would just communicate and be honest with each other, they can figure this stuff out. Maybe that's what they'll learn in the end. But I, I don't know. I don't know. I just and I now I'm just, I'm excited to read the book now because I'm like I know the characters change in the book and the names are different and the the sexes are different. But to realize to figure out what happened in the book is is gonna be gonna be pretty interesting now. So we'll see. Um, so some of the names that uh, that Montrose called out, he called uh, at the end. He said um, he talked about uh, the Stratford Hotel, and that was a hotel founded by J.B. Stratford. He was a graduate graduate of Oberlin University as well as the, the Indiana University uh, School of Law. He was a practicing attorney and a real estate investor. He uh, fought for social justice and raci- racially uh, and against racial inequality. Um, he was uh, his net worth during that time was two million dollars, which is quite a bit of money. Even at, you know during this time, two million dollars is a lot of money. But imagine how much it was because he owned so much property um, and had so many investments in uh, in Greenwood. Uh, the Strapper Hotel was the largest black owned, black operated, and Blacks only hotel in the United States of America. Um, it had casinos, it had bars, it had jazz clubs. They just said it just had everything. It was just the place to be, basically. Um, JB was actually indicted on, they they charged him and uh, 12 other Black men on starting the Tulsa riots that then sparked this massacre. Um, so he was indicted. He skipped bail and uh, went to Chicago, um, where he then... Um, uh, basically practice law and started other businesses. So he just left completely. Um, then Tulsa uh, dropped all the charges um, against him and the, and the black men who the white people tried to charge with all this, even though they were the ones that started it um, and killed people. You had Peg Leg uh, Taylor. His name was Horace Taylor. Um, and uh, uh, Commodore Knox. Um, Commodore Knox was the the last person um, during the massacre to be recorded as a fatality. Uh, these two men um, basically used their machine guns to ward off the white men as they came and tried to kill them. Uh, Peg, uh, Peg Leg Taylor, he was a World War One veteran. So he basically, he knew how to shoot people um, from being in the war. So he basically was like a one man army and held off a lot of the white men that were trying to come and murder them uh, with his machine gun. Uh, Knox was... Uh, one of the youngest people there, but he did the same thing. He had his guns. Um, he fought back. And that was the one thing. That's what I liked about, that's what I liked so much about this telling of Tulsa over the Watchmen. The Watchmen showed um, Black people fighting back, but this one really showed uh, Black people fighting back and getting down there and shooting 
which I thought in, in doing what they had to do. We had Dr. Uh, A.C. Jackson. He was from Memphis, Tennessee. He was a graduate of Meharry Medical School, which is uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I have a number of friends that have graduated from there. Um, he was christened the most abled um, Negro surgeon in America by the Mayo Brothers, who we all know uh, today as the Mayo Clinic. Um, he created a lot of uh, tools that surgeons actually use today. Um, and he, he treated both white and black people at the time. Um, he didn't just treat only black people because he was so well known, um, not just being a Negro doctor, but being a great surgeon. They also talk about uh, white Phelps. He and his wife, um, they uh, hid black people in their basement, in their cellar during this time. He helped them. Uh, they talk about Miss Rogers and she had an invalid daughter they killed uh, during this time as well. Uh, we heard talk of Briar's Taylor shop. That's where he said George, um, George's dad had gotten uh, his prom uh, jacket, you know, tailored and uh, made just for him. And they burnt the shop down to the ground. So these are just, these are real people who died during the massacre um, and lost their lives. Some of the buildings that, uh, the the businesses that were taken down. The doctor, um, Dr. Jackson, they basically said in the newspaper, if you pull it up, if you uh, you can go online and pull it up, they shot him in cold blood. They basically shot him twice in the head and then shot him a third time to make sure he was dead. He didn't have anything even to defend himself. Um, so these are people that actually live, you putting real names and faces to this massacre in Greenwood, um, Tulsa, Oklahoma. So with uh, Montrose saying that at the end, it was just super powerful. Um, and it, it was, uh, it meant, even though you can't find a lot of information on everyone, I'd please, uh, if you do have the time to go out there and look up these people's names and uh, what happened to them, um, it's just honoring, you know, all of our ancestors. So they were real people with real families, real jobs. They were very successful black people that white people one day decided to, to end. And that was just one of a lot of <laughs> black mm-hmm. massacres in this history. Yes. And uh, like, like you, I like yes. that they showed that they were shooting back because you often hear this rhetoric from lots of different people that, oh, well, you know, you should just arm yourselves and shoot back. And if you were armed, you know, mm-hmm. you have to go through mm-hmm. this and black people should have their own. And I'm like, y'all at like there, these massacres weren't filled with a lots of black people who were armed, <laughs> who had rifles, who had, yes. who had been in the military, who had all of this and mm-hmm. it does not matter when you are outnumbered and it's the gov- it's government sanctioned genocide because the police are on their yes. side the the national guard maybe is on their side so mm-hmm. you don't have enough guns mm-hmm. for them yep. so yeah. you know what I'm saying? yeah they were out of the gun it may i went and applied for my gun license you know i haven't been applying i was like you know what i'm about to do let me get my my fingers together and go apply for my gun license because they was ready. They was ready. I, we know that they perished in that attack, but they were ready um, and ready to and fight. And the way back, you did your so, fingers then you know. scared me. You you seem a little too ready. <laughs> you seem a little too anxious. Like I don't know between her. I don't know about you. I think and her being tipsy and on different things. I don't trust male with a firearm. <laughs> Y'all, pray for me. We'll be all right. I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get trained and all that good stuff. But I was like, my grandparents, you know, uh, they did not believe in going to bed without a gun near the door near the window. They were in, in my grandfather. He said because white people can come in and kill you anytime they want. They, he wasn't worried about the 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 crackhead down the street. He was worried about white people. Um. So yeah, they, 
That's real. But that's why when I hear and see people, black people, you know, they say, you know, I am not my ancestor. That has always annoyed me. I'm, you know, it's like y'all your ancestors are survivors. Yeah, y'all are like the ancestors didn't fight back, that they just laid down and took shit. No, like they often mm-hmm. fought back. And what happens is a lot of times when you threaten someone's child, which often happen, you threaten their child. That's when they bag down because they don't want to see a child hurt. But other than that, our ancestors often fought back plenty of times. But if you are outgunned yeah. and our man, it is what it is. So, yeah. Yeah, I never thought that much about that statement because I hadn't heard it that that often. Not until quite recently on Twitter, I've heard it quite a bit. But I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, like they're the ones that made it. Like they were the ones that, your ancestors are the one that survived on the ship. And do you know how many people didn't survive? Like your bloodline was the, was the strongest to survive that passage. It's very bizarre. I'm like, I, it's very, very bizarre when they, when people say that. Yeah. But yeah, we got to do what we got to do. I say uh, you, you feel that way. As I've been watching the, uh, the confirmation hearings, getting a gun just made. That's the realest statement. Watching the confirmation getting the gun just made it does and, and please get it get it now while you can get it while you can because who knows who knows i it, it, it uh yes get it while you can because uh what they watching watching white supremacy and uh systematic racism like i like the fact that i this is probably the first time i physically watched it with my own eyes as an adult that could really understand what was going on and really really get it it's really really frightening um to sit and watch a white woman who is is nully qualified for the 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 greatest court in the land and for her today to sit and say she wouldn't even answer questions about do you think a president can just not not have to leave the office if if he doesn't if he doesn't win the like not to not answer questions that are fundamental to the to the constant of fucking tuition and to realize she didn't even know a lot of the laws that actually govern the constitution. So I was like, fuck, and she got black kids. The fuck? This bitch didn't have the nerve or the, she didn't have the judgment to put a mask on seven of her children at an event that they were not even two feet away from other people. But you want you want to judge on the highest court right. in the land. You didn't have just to take care of your fucking kids. So I just think, yeah, get a gun if you need, if if it helps you sleep at night, because I don't know what these people about to do in the streets. Right, because he, he, she going to be confirmed. Bill, Bill Barr is a, like a unitary, you know, he's like a unitary, he believes in unitary executive powers. That's pretty much like the president has the right to control every part of the executive branch and they're just supposed to do everything that he says do period so we you know we just we are barreling down the road to authoritarianism (laughs) and it's just like you know it's bizarre so do what makes you sleep well at night um you got to get you a little glass of wine don't don't shoot and get you get you some red wine but just get you some red wine don't don't get your gun just do one or the other don't be tipsy and 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 shooty. Don't be both of those things. Um, <laughs> but yeah. But okay. So that was all I got. That's all I got. Y'all have anything else from this episode? 
I did like it a lot better the second time I watched it, but it was it was much more emotional the second time I watched it than it was the first time. But I feel like I don't need to watch any more Tulsa. I don't need to. Be, I don't want to go back to Tulsa anymore, guys. I just emotionally I can't do it. I'm just. I think that's like, all we're getting. Like I'm like, please let's talk about some other. I, I, you know, I don't want to continue to see black pain, but like, you know, let's talk about some other things that happen. So you know, people just. Oh, yeah. it was just Tulsa. No, no, mm-hmm. no. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Well, guys, next Saturday, or I'm sorry, Lord, <laughs> next Sunday is the final episode. And that'll be it. That's all we got to Lovecraft Country. And then we'll all read the books together. Yay! And the Count of Monte Cristo. No? Okay, never mind. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Yep, all do. by yourself. <laughs> all alone. I'm all alone. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us uh, for this uh, deep dive of episode nine, Rewind 1921 of Lovecraft Country on HBO. Please check out Lovecraft Country Radio. Um, that's uh, also um, on um, the different podcast networks to give you a little bit of insight of, of the writing. Please check out and ask any questions of Misha Green. She definitely answers them very honestly, as long as it's not a spoiler. Uh, please, um, if you guys go on iTunes, please rate and review us and give us five stars and ask us any questions on social media. We love that. We would love to interact with you. Um, and thank you for downloading us and being a part of this. And we look forward to uh, our last episode of this uh, amazing, wonderful, powerful, and important se- um, series. So have a good week. Please stay safe. And bye. 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 Deuces.